Here is a reminder from the American Medical Association. Games, games. Here's some games. Games that want to get out. See? More games. Don't pour sulfuric acid on your genitals. What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I didn't truly are. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and I keep getting funnier every single time this I see This is the Nerd Words Podcast. You guys care to comment? What do you mean, like, find some? On utilitymuffinlabs.com. <laughs> well, welcome, Derek. First time in our home. First time on our podcast. Cool stuff. It is a pleasure to have you. Good deal. It is actually. It was a shock when he told me you're going to be here. It's like, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. I, I told I, him a week ago. I said, let's do this. I uh, I've laid like an open invitation for most people. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's like a fifty fifty. But uh, my problem is I'm I'm very terrible at planning, so I'm very last minute about things. Sure. But anyways, welcome. He's fucking horrible. Is what he's trying to say. He's, he gets better as time goes on. Mm. Yeah, I get better. It's. At, at what? I don't, I don't know. People got to scare you. People got to scare you. I'm not going to be in your fucking show unless you freaking just when. <laughs> then they got to text you. What What time? Right. Is what, there a when? day? Is there a day in your world name? Jesus fucking Christ. Yes. And I'm just day. like, why aren't you? Then he remembers. What the fucking shit? See? He'll remember that that whoever it was your, called. Your tea's right done. Yeah. Your bill, done. Bill, bill Sounds like a kettle. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Um, but like, you know, for, for us, like we just do it on Friday. Right, you know, like yeah. yeah. If you want to be here, just show up on Friday. But other people, they don't, they don't get that because it's a show, right? People, at least I thought it would be more formal. So, like, as far as topics go, (laughs) as far as topics go, like you would have something planned. So, like, you just show up, and it's like, congratulations, you're here for the the feminism episode, (laughs) (laughs) and then I you turn back out the door, you know. There's a misconception, and a misconception is that we're not formal, and then that we are. Right. Mm. Because both of us are very professional when we need to be, and it's based on the topic, right? So we're super sensitive about what someone may, and it's going to sound funny to a lot of people, but if you think about it, we don't go out of our way to offend any one particular group. Mm. You know, it's just not, it's not what this is about. But to have a conversation, discussion, that that's what we're into. Yeah. So it's whatever, like we're hanging out, we haven't hung out in a while, probably got shit to talk about. So we should have that conversation. Right. And, and there are, there definitely are times when there are topics. And if you kind of follow the the general process of the show and how it's aired, when we first started, we were very much like topic oriented, like this is what we're talking about this week. Yeah. And uh, that kind of bored me, honestly. I found it kind of boring. Like, and if I'm bored doing that, then, you know people are going to be bored listening to it, you know, or they're going to sense like, okay, like they're doing it, but they're going through the motions. I really like the conversation part of the podcasting <laughs> and, but we still do like have, okay, well let's do something formal, you know, this week or next week or whatever. Uh, you know, like it's October. So Halloween we'll do specific topics because that's kind of tradition. So reading it a little bit, you, you do know that people who listen to podcasts with that podcast genre of people who really enjoy doing it mm-hmm. like repetition and knowing topics right like they're the polar opposite of what you said right but then you know now we're doing one that's topical right it's different than this one but it's on a specific topic every week you know definitely nerdy you're right so you know for me like 
podcasting is something that I enjoy and I want to be able to enjoy it. And if other people enjoy what I'm doing, I'm totally down with that. But what I'm not willing to do is like package something specifically for people, you know, because to me, that's, I don't give a shit what people want. I give a shit what I want, but that, that's me. That's neither here nor there. Today is a specific topic. And uh, we hinted at it last week. And I think we hinted at it the week previous too. Uh, and it's a pretty serious topic. And uh, I'm very interested to hear what you have to say, what your perspective is on the situation. But um, it's been in the news pretty much nonstop. And it's the whole police shooting, you know, police just killing people, you know, for fucking whatever reason, Um, whether it's racial or just because police are fucking crazy or what. So I'm definitely interested to hear your perspective. And I'm definitely interested to hear Bob's perspective. And uh, so you specifically had asked. So I'm assuming you have something you would like to say right off the top of your head. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, come out with anything groundbreaking, but, uh, well, let's see. Um, for starters, I like to uncouple this topic from racism altogether because I feel like the second you put it together with racism, a lot gets lost, you know, like they both have their separate conversations, but you put them together and, and things get sidetracked much easier. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. Uh, I'm willing to hear you out. I just want to just, I'm willing to hear you out. We can bounce back and forth, you know, but I, I feel like a lot of white people are also, uh, you know, brutalized by police. Um, less than black people, but more than white people. A lot of Native Americans get brutalized by police, Hispanic people, obviously. And geography is a big, big part of it. You know, but um, the second it, it seems like you start talking about police brutality, especially online, you you will immediately get somebody that's like, oh, you're with the, the Black Lives Matter? I'm like, no, no, I'm not with the Black Lives Matter. I just care about police fucking shooting people, you know? <clears throat> so I've kind of learned how to talk about racism or talk about police or, you know, kind of talk about both. I think that they can be separately talked about though. Do you think that there is any correlation between like a racial sort of like endemic societal racism that is like maybe causing this to become much more obvious in the media and in the minds of people? My own, my own personal opinion is that when a police officer sees you, he's going to have a judgment right away. Can this person afford a lawyer you know does he come from money can his family afford a lawyer and i think that's kind of how they determine in some sense how they're going to treat you you know especially if you talk back you know what i mean um i think you get mouthy with cops and you're driving a beater you know you're much much more likely to get hit with that cudgel i can understand that um do you have a perspective that you'd like to share bob or yeah i completely get that uh the topics that you can talk about them separate but i think the extreme isn't there when you get that there i mean there's there's a history there's a historical representation of where you know you get you get a group like harlem right which is the notorious ghetto it's where all black people apparently came from and it's in the minds of certain people mm -hmm. and that's that's where it is and in harlem they, they were they were forced to live there right 
And the police were the guys who said they couldn't cross a boundary within that neighborhood or they would get fucked up. That's just historically, right? This is back in the day. Now, you fast forward after all the civil rights, after Martin Luther King, after everything we were taught in school nowadays and all things supposed to be on up above board, you can trust the police, you can trust the police. Now, I want to add something to this. That was that phrase, trust the police, has never been uttered in any low-income ghetto anywhere. It hasn't. It's quite the opposite. I have the privilege of having spent time in those particular ghettos uh, with my own father, with the side of the family, and... You can't trust the police. It's impossible to. You hear the police, you got to basically treat them like they're, they're gods. They're gods coming to the area if you're in that area. Because they've been getting away with, with beating the shit out of people and just, just overdoing it every time they come to the neighborhood. Now, that said, they are not going into a neighborhood that is bereft of violence. Like, it's not known. Oftentimes, they're coming to a neighborhood that does have a level of frustration a level of, you know, people are pissed at the joblessness. They're pissed off that, you know, they don't have the same uh, ability to move up as everyone else. They're pissed off they're forced to live in these 10 city blocks or six city blocks, depending on where you're at. And they're just looked at and spat upon. And that's just how they feel every day. And so when they get into a, a violent altercation with themselves, their neighbors, whoever, the police get involved and the police just want them to stop. Just take it is what they're hearing in their head. And there's this rage you have being in this area that's never addressed. And so what happens is the police show up and this poor cop has no intention of making the matter worse. In fact, he's here to calm it down. But now you have an entire neighborhood who thinks just like I just described, looking at this cop, waiting for him to do something wrong because history has proven that they're going to. And so all the copsies are all these defensive people are all these people waiting for something to go wrong to either record them, to jump and get involved, to hotheads, what have you. And suddenly, a gun option becomes more and more likely. That that's going to be pulled, or threats are going to be made, something. And so it's important that cop has to be known in that neighborhood to not have a reaction of that caliber. However, nine times out of ten, that is not the case. And when we talk about cop shootings and why I think you can't pull race out of it, that whole historical kick is for a simple fact. The reason why you have cops going off on black people is that in 2016, they believe it's still the, the mid to late 90s. They still think it's massive gang violence everywhere. That, you know, you're dealing with a suburban cop who's never seen inner city violence has to pull over their first black guy. Shit's going to go south. They're going to be authoritative. They're going to be intimidated. They're going to have misconceptions in their head. And that's, that's why I think that you can't separate the two. Because nine times out of ten in the media, when you look at it, you hear both sides of the argument. One argument says... If the guy had just did what the police officer said, this wouldn't have been a problem. Yet when you look at the dash cam videos, you see four officers approaching one unarmed black guy in the middle of a highway. You should immediately be thinking, why the hell are they SWAT style approaching an unarmed guy? Not, not that he's black. Like you, Logically, a human being should be like, that doesn't make any sense. Why do you need four of those guys to do what they're doing? He's not even running. What are they doing? And the answer is, is that they're, they're keyed up. They're keyed up because of race. I, I personally, I have an opinion about the the matter as as well, and where I definitely, I can see, Derek, I can definitely see your point. I can see your perspective on the matter. That like, yeah, you know, it's it's a societal issue, you know, and um, I think that income definitely plays a large part in it. But I think by and large, the fact remains 
that minorities in this country have been specifically targeted, regardless of their income or where they live, that minorities have have been specifically targeted. And when you talk about things like Black Lives Matter, you know, people say like, oh, all lives matter. And I get that. Like, they do. All lives do matter. But what that does is it diminishes the issue that faces a specific group of people based solely on their race. And it's not it's not a new thing. This isn't like a new situation that, you know, black people are just now facing. It's kind of a situation to me. It seems like this is something that's been facing blacks, minorities for decades, but for about 10 or 15 years, it just didn't get on the news. It just wasn't newsworthy. Well, cause everybody assumed we're equal now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, like we, we, we elected a black president and like, you know, white people were like, oh, racism's over. Everything's okay. <laughs> and it's like, clearly it's not. Clearly, when you have a population of people that have factually been herded into certain areas, California is a prime example. If you look at Los Angeles, if you look at Watts, if you look at, you know, those areas like black people in the 50s and 60s were literally told, just like in, in Harlem, like you don't get to live in these other areas. You do not get to cross this line. They moved jobs, you know, they moved businesses so that, uh, you know. Blacks and minorities couldn't work there anymore. And so you have this whole sort of system that's designed to keep people in poverty, to not give them the opportunities that other people have, and leave them with very little options aside from resorting to criminal behavior, having to live in high crime areas. And then the police, to me, uh, it, it's, it's, it's definitely, it indicates to me that police when they have to quote unquote police these areas, it's like a soldier occupying territory. These people lose the impression of human. Like they're no longer people, they're an enemy. And when you dehumanize people, it's much easier for you to treat them shitty, to kill them, to abuse their rights, to take things away from them. And I think when you go, ah, all lives matter, to me, it diminishes that concept. It, like, diminishes the struggle of those people. That's kind of my perspective on it. Yeah, I didn't mean to insinuate in any way that there is no, like, systemic racism. I'm just saying that you can argue against police brutality and, in my opinion, win the argument without ever even touching race. That That's how much of a problem it is nowadays. And I think it it's from a like a lack of training okay yeah so you can become a cop after six months in in the academy and you pass like i guess an easy psychological exam and you pass a um what do we call it physical exam all right and then you know shoot a gun a few times and uh get your foid card or whatever and you're now uh you know, riding along with another police officer. But you do You're have in. to have two years of college. In this area. <laughs> Here. Just, just to correct, they, they would like you to have two years of college. Oh, okay. Pardon that's, me. That's not, that's not guaranteed. That's, Pardon that's me. doesn't mean you're out of the picture. It just means it's better for you. I didn't mean to make a declarative statement on something that may not be correct. My <laughs> they, apologies. They would also prefer you to have military training of some sort. That does help your standing. Mm-hmm. And getting picked out of that allotment. Because normally when they pick, especially in the burbs, when they pick a police officer, it's done. From a smattering of guys, over 200 applicants, every time they open the door. And they're trying to pick the very best of those applicants. And the psychological testing is actually very hard. 
Uh, and that's because you can be awesome at physical. You can be awesome at, you know, on your resume and where you're from, but you can answer one question wrong. And really, I think, I think it's actually two. Sorry, I was fucking with your levels. No problem. I think it's two questions you can get wrong and then you're done. They don't even tell you why you're just out and you're, you're sorry until next time, you know, you get to take it again. And it's 12 weeks of training in the police academy that you have to go through. And in those 12 weeks, it's grueling. Like you don't even get to go home. You were at the academy. You were there to learn by the numbers what it is to be a police officer. Now, of that training, I didn't get that far. <laughs> I'll specifically tell you, I really wanted to. I didn't. I tried four times to apply to be a police officer, and uh, I and I passed the physical on three of them, and uh, failed. I just I just didn't get picked. I, I even passed the psych. I just didn't get to go. And it's just how it is, right? Out of two hundred, they're gonna pick whoever. And I have the college, so my assumption is I didn't have the military background of the guys applied. Now, insight into that, and I'm going to turn it back to you, Derek, is that uh, I also know for a fact that a lot of the aldermen get to come in and handpick their their own kids or relatives or friends and get to say, hey, this is Michael. Get Michael. I was going to ask, too, like, um, I've, I've heard, and again, this is just what people have said, and I've heard, but it seems like the police uh, procedure, like picking someone to be a police officer is quite nepotistic. There's a lot of nepotism going on in in that. It's a fact. I mean, it's not even if anybody had any doubt. I mean, from firemen to to policemen, any civil job where a political person politics can just, you know, hands on say who can and who cannot uh serve that area, they absolutely uh get that say. You know, they I'm not saying they're picking 50 candidates, you know, if the opening is for well let me, let me put it to realism, realism here. If there's like three openings and 200 people apply, they easily can cap all three. And they'll still go through the paces. Politics control the budgets, right? So yep. let's face it. Um, Bob's right about that alderman's son. He's in. They want him in. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he could be. And who knows? He probably, I don't even know if he has to pass most of that shit. It's just that, yeah, he's in. Put him in. And that's that. And he gets to go to the academy. And I think... I agree with you 100%, Derek, on that when it comes to training, because even with all that said, and just not even, just clarified a little better, uh, I would say, yes, if you get every day where you're waking up and they're going over how to approach a hostile situation and nerves and shooting and when to shoot and when not to shoot, the right proper usage of force and all that at the academy, that's great. Take the typical cop, though. I mean, you were looking at the same statistics I was online at a point that I saw, you know, not even just Facebook, just diving deeper. And those statistics show that on average, uh, it's it's not normal at all for a cop to even have to pull his gun. It just isn't. Mm. Normally, authority is enough. It's those cops that do, you begin to wonder, right? And of course, those are the cops that we get to see in the media that make it a frenzy, right? My issue to go with that is that of those cops that are mavericks, we'll just call them that, these, these, these rogues who are so keyed up, that, you know, you just know something's going to go south. It's the fraternal order of police mentality that bothers the shit out of me. That these guys, if I see if I see Nate about pulling someone over and I'm his partner, and I know for a fact Nate has a problem with, with Middle Eastern guys because one of his relatives was near the building in 9-11 and is now partially deaf from the explosion and collapse or what have you. And he's just decided to say everyone in the Middle East is responsible. For what goes on i know he's like that why am i gonna let him go out and now tell this guy to get out the car and do anything you know what i mean 
It's just it's just like who watches the watchers is what gets me. Uh, that whole setup. If I if I understand you correctly, you're kind of uh, <clears throat> what you're saying is like the the fact that cops essentially are watching out for themselves. They're sort of they have each other's backs instead of the backs of people that they should be protecting and serving. Right. It's the brotherhood of the badge. I mean, it's and it, that's not something that's even even doubted. That's a fact. It's just a given. We're actually talking to police. It's. You ha- and, and literally, you're told, if you're a cop, you have to have my back as I have yours because we both wear the same blue. And that's what it comes down because, you know, we have to protect ourselves from them, them being the criminal element. And what baffles me is that they're to protect and serve. Yeah, that's a common theme you're going to you're going to hear running through this podcast, I'm assuming. That's just I'm just underlining that. And to protect and serve who? Citizens, every right. citizen. Right. And that's, and that's that. And, you know, I'm, if, if I am out of sorts, if I have drink too much and I'm getting loud or I'm about to, you know, I'm drunk and don't even know I'm about to fight this random hobo, you know, and I, I'm the one out of line clearly. And a cop shows up. I don't want him looking at me and going, well, he's a criminal You're out of nowhere. You know, I'm a citizen who has lost his way. Please put me in the cool down tank. That's what it's for. You know, arrest me, tase me if necessary, you know, even tackle me if you got to do what you got to do. But I'm not expecting to get shot four times at all. You know what I mean? That's yeah. That's the issue. I agree. Uh, I definitely agree. Um, and there are a lot of other implications as far as um, policing self-harm goes. I'm a big fan of no victim, no crime. If you've heard that saying before, uh, essentially we lock up way too many people for things like smoking weed or... Oh, yeah running a stop sign in a parking lot at 3 a.m., you know, no, with nobody around just because police like writing tickets, um, that sort of thing. I feel like no victim, no crime. You shouldn't even get arrested for it. It's a waste of the system's time. <clears throat> I definitely agree with you. I personally, like, the one thing that I've, uh, I'm kind of proud of that's happened this year is, uh, you know, the federal government saying we're no longer going to use privatized prisons. I think that a vast majority of our issue with both crime and punishment in this country is privatized prisons. When you have human beings and imprisoning those human beings is your uh, profit that you're, you're op- you, you operate your business by essentially imprisoning people. And that's how you make money. That's how you increase your value and your stock. Uh, why wouldn't you go out of your way to make every possible criminal activity punishable by prison. Why, why wouldn't you do that? That mm-hmm. like, it just doesn't make sense that you wouldn't do that because you're profiting off of imprisoning people and privatized prisons, I think have played a huge role in that. Um, you know, we have some of the highest concentrations of people imprisoned in our country. When you compare it to Western nations, I don't have stats in front of me. We have, um, let's see off the top of my head. <clears throat> We have the largest prison population in the history of the world, is what I've read, okay, in America presently, present day. And when you get into, like, uh, the, st- the statistics, especially on black people, okay, something like black males over 20, 20% of them are in prison. I mean, that's not going to be insane. an exact number. Don't quote me on that. But, yeah, it's a lot of people. And then... uh. Ooh. The demographic is actually so big 
like as far as people who have had felonies, gone to jail, gone to prison. Um, I, I actually wasn't even researching it one time. I was researching voting and who's voting for who, because apparently only 9% or something of America's population actually votes. All right. Half of the people that can't vote are because they have that felony or whatever. And that's how I ran into those statistics. It's it's mind-boggling when you look into it. We have a real problem with incarceration. uh, To me, me that that, uh, uh, may be a a little bit conspiratorial, but I feel like that in and of itself says something about this country that we don't allow people that have committed a felony. And let's let's be honest. We don't allow people that have committed a mistake Mm. to vote, to have a say... However marginal that say might be, we don't allow them to have a say in how this country's ran because you committed a crime. Whatever crime that was that whether it was possession of marijuana, something very simple like you said, or, you know, you were a kid, you were 16 and you stole a car. Guess what? Your life is fucked forever. You know, I I, like I have some degree of personal experience with that. My younger brother is a felon. My younger brother will never be able to vote. And it's for something he did when he was 17 years old. And it was a stupid mistake. Never again will be able to vote. To me, that that says something. Whether it's about a conspiracy of you know like-minded individuals got together and plotted this out, I don't believe that. Or it just happens to be that that kind of coincides with where you know people that are in charge of shit kind of want things to be. It's it's also one of those things. I mean, just to play not even devil's advocate, just my my viewpoint. Is that I've never had a problem. If you have, if you're if you've committed a felony, you know you're not allowed to vote anymore. Sure, it's based on the felony. It shouldn't be just because you have a felony; it should be based on the felony. Yeah, we should and, probably uh, untether violent crime from things like smoking weed, at the very least. Right. Uh, right. I agree. So, uh, stealing a car. Well, I mean that's that's one of those things where it, it's supposed to be. Now, I preface this: it's supposed to be. Your your people, when you vote on a law for everybody to get along, those laws are supposed to be representation of a wholesome group, of a group of people who are rainbows, lollipops, follow the law, law-abiding citizens. To be a law-abiding citizen means you have never done a felonious crime. It's as simple as that. Sure. And if you've and if you commit a felonious crime, no, you don't get to vote on the law of the law-abiding citizens. That's that's how it is. And that's that's how it was intended to be. But I think now that law was made. However long ago, right? Well, and, and it needs to update because now we've tethered so much bullshit, right? And if you if you pile on more and more activities that are, as Derek was saying, sort of victimless crimes, and you sort of tack those into, like now you have more felonies, so you have more opportunity to break the law. You have less opportunity to be a law abiding citizen because more and more and more laws sort of just get created, and. Rarely are they ever like, hey, you know what? We got together and we really got to do something about Steve digging a hole. Let's make a law against that digging a hole thing. It's usually just like a bunch of fucking people make new laws because they think that will benefit people. And I, I don't I don't necessarily agree. Sometimes it does. A lot of times it doesn't. And it's proving now a lot of those laws don't. They don't help people. They don't help society. But... Uh, I, I wanted to touch base too uh, again on that um, overarmed, undertrained sort of thing, because um, if you notice, uh, a lot of police forces, a lot of local police forces, like villages, small towns, 
like now they are armed with like SWAT. Absolutely. Military style. Around here, you're not going to see them, but they are. Oh, I, when I lived in Romeoville, there was a bank down the street that was robbed. You bet your fucking ass there were dudes with machine guns there. Yeah. And it was like a fucking military force. And to me, it's like, okay, we're training people. We're training police officers. We're training law enforcement officials how to be more militaristic in their approach to people. Yet we're not teaching them how to deal with people verbally, emotionally, how to uh, amp down or ramp down behaviors, how to react responsibly. And I think that that plays a big part in it too. Because again, if you're, you're not equipped to deal with human beings and, you know, I, I'm sure everyone has seen a video of super hot cop, somebody trying to defuse the situation, someone trying to back off and that person just getting the shit kicked out of them. And I don't think that that's appropriate. There's, I mean, just uh, on that too, there's also a ton of videos where you see cops getting the shit kicked out of them. You know, just the, the polar opposite yeah. of that too. And I mean, I think what we're talking about is that we have, there, it's better said, there, there's this uh, scientist who I can't even remember his name, but he did this experiment where it was an experiment based on evil, where he took 12 or four, was it 24 volunteers and split them down the middle. 12 are going to be inmates. 12 are going to be uh, guards. Is this the Stanford prison experiment? You got it. All right. And, and we know how this experiment ends, right? Absolutely. It, it, it shows how the guards just get more and more aggressive and what they got to do based on what they're told initially and then not given instruction. They just take carte blanche to get more and more aggressive with what goes on. And it's, it's supposed to be a study in evil. And it absolutely applies when it comes to police, but it applies to human beings, period. Like, I'm of, the, I'm of the mindset that we're in a society now in a time where a cop is no longer just worried about a criminal. He's also worried about a terrorist. And he doesn't know what this person is, yet we're supposed to train them. And that's a big false flag, by the way. And that's what is... Getting killed by a terrorist, your chances are higher of like being struck by lightning twice in a row. You, you never know. And that's the thing, but it's, and even because of that, the public's not saying, well, let's not worry about terrorism because you know what Derek said is true. I'm, I'm, I'm liable to get hit by lightning before I get killed by a terrorist. Be that as it may, public still demands safety. <laughs> they are still demanding that they get feel protected based on that, regardless of how ridiculously impossible that would be. That's still there. So they are upping the, t- what is it? The, uh, the hostile, um, the hostile takedowns how to do that, you know, swiftly or what have you. And that's obvious because you can see that and what and how they're responding and what they're doing. Uh, the SWAT-like responses to bank robbery, you know, things of that nature, they're, ho- they're hostile situations. Pardon me? Um, when you pull over somebody, that shouldn't apply. I think I need to oil my desk, by the way. Yeah. So fucking squeaky. It's annoying. Is that a thing? It's a, I, I don't it's, know. Yeah, because it's wood. I don't even know what you're <laughs> it's, it's like a little Murphy's oil on every right, corner. Like, I hope like, it works. Yeah. Oil the screws or some shit. Anyways, the professor that ran the uh, experiment, that was uh, Philip Zimbardo. That was the Stanford prison experiment where they separated the people into guards and prisoners. And uh, they planned on running the two-week experiment. It ended in six days because... All the guards became sadistic fucking assholes, as right. it turns Power out. Power corrupts <laughs> so fast. And he took a lot of heat for it, too, because the whole idea around it was that the them not being aware was the whole problem, and that, you know, he also didn't psychologically profile the people he brought into the experiment. So they feel that it was biased. And really, it's not biased. What it is is that you're taking 12 randomly chosen people 
uh, from uh, a group of 24 randomly chosen people uh, to represent those guards. And he wanted a clear cut depiction of society. This is how diverse society is, this is how diverse my chosen applicants are going to be. This is what we're going to do. And if you look at it like that, like the way he intended, it kind of tells the tale. The difference is that we're talking about police who, yes, they're supposed to have authority. A cop's number one thing is to, like, why does the cop wear a suit? Why does he have a badge? Why does he have a hat? Uh, you know, why does he have a baton? It's the, it's the that's a cop. Then no matter yeah. what you're doing, you can say, that's a cop. If I'm a criminal, I'm less likely to do something. Shit, there's a cop. Yeah, and then no nobody has to do anything. Criminal doesn't rob. Nobody gets victimized. Cop doesn't have to do anything. Just be there, and that's there. And and eighty percent of the time, that's correct. And that's a big, big statistic. They're an eighty percent visual deterrent. Just having a cop there. But what about that twenty percent? And that's the way on every cop's mind. Because if I were to tell you that, you know, if it, it it's terrifying. I had I had these very same thoughts. I want to be a cop, and where they wanted to put me was inner city, off the bat. So I'm a mulatto, I'm African American, German Irish, or as they would say in the hood, I'm just light skinned, and that would be that would be that. And now I'm there because I can identify with the neighborhood, and I would be approachable by the people in the neighborhood. Yeah, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that one bit. I'm not from that neighborhood. I know nobody in that neighborhood. You know what I mean? So when you think about that, now I'm this cop who they already have no love for, and I'm gonna be here. Yes, I'm a little better off than in Joe PQ white guy, but at the same time, hopefully that's my partner because he is a visual deterrent in my head because odds are, well, let's just, let's just call it what it is. My belief is if you have a black cop go missing, it's not as bad as if a white cop goes missing. Yeah. That's just, that's just how it's been proven. And so, you know, it works, it works both ways in that. But the point being is that it's terrifying to be in that situation when you don't know uh, what what that person's doing, what they have in their hand, all that. We all know those telltale signs. But the advent of media has done one thing. It has shown that these situations we're talking about, these police shootings, they, they got video. Where you can see this shit's just not being followed. Well, yeah. and a, a lot of times, too, even when there is video, there is a general reticence to release it to the public because, for whatever reason, you know, whether it's, certain rules and regulations weren't followed or it shows damning evidence or you know whatever they just don't want to release the video i think the logical thing is you don't want to write <clears throat> even if they release all of the video what you're going to hear is you didn't see or hear what happened before the video or after it and i feel like exactly when did we stop believing the fucking proof and start looking in the negative space around the proof you know like, what kind of an excuse is that? Right. I, I see a black guy get tased to death in the street over 40 seconds. I'm not going to say, yeah, well, what happened before that? <laughs> right. You know, what the fuck? Who cares see what, what happened, happened before that? Well, the fucking, you know, six or eight cops choking to death a dude in New York for selling cigarettes. Right. Really, even if he had been selling cigarettes, I don't think it's worth killing him over. There was a, I can't remember the name of the group, but they're one of these groups that they go to these protests and carry around assault rifles. 
You know, I thought oh, about it real assholes. quick. Yeah. I thought about it real quick, though. <laughs> what those cops did do in New York was they prevented someone dying from secondhand cancer. Well, yeah. well I mean, they can be celebrated for that, then, at least. That, I that's guess. the before the video tape. Yeah, you didn't. we missed that part where they were like, look, we're here with the American Cancer Society, <laughs> and we're also police. That's, <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. And he was like, hey, man, I, I don't even have any cigarettes. So I wouldn't sell them. Yo, like, man, I'm selling singles. Do you know what it's like to not be able to breathe? Let us show you. And then that just went horribly wrong, and he's dead now. Yeah, and we're over here making light of it, but it's there's a reason why comedy exists. I don't even think making light fucking laugh to keep much from crying. As, what level right, of yeah. insanity would you have to have to see that video and go, well, he was a big guy. It did take four yeah, of them. Right. Yeah, so let me tell you about, in case you haven't heard about this, Derek, I, I told... Uh, um, Bob about this earlier. Well, hang on. Derek had that point oh, about I'm the sorry. case. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the guy with the assault rifle from the group, I can't remember. He said the NRA? Exactly what, no, not the NRA. It's it, it's like a group that stands up for people. Like like uh, <laughs> if, the, if the WBC Boy were to America. protest a funeral, uh-huh. there'd be a line of these people with assault rifles kind of in between. You I, know what I mean? Okay. They I'm mean, not sure who they are, but. I, kn- I wish I could remember. Kudos to them, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, one of the guys said, exactly, when did the penalty for not paying a cigarette tax in America become death? You know? Right. And and that's how, that's like the perfect summary. It, it for, really, uh, who was it, Eric Garner? Uh, I think it was Eric Garner. That's the fucking hard part is that there have been so many of right. these, like, I can't keep them straight Here's, here's the thing. I? I was supposed to go to school this week and just study the hell out of it and just get these cases down to the blinded tail, I can't stomach it. It's true. I can't stomach it. Dude, you'll uh, get through a week and it, you'll be so depressed. It's honestly, it's like it's like being a sin eater, you know? It's like mm-hmm. reading these stories. All you have to do is just three words in Google search and suddenly, <clears throat> pardon me, suddenly your week is fucked I was, <laughs> because you're just eating this shit. I was so pissed that I sent letters to, I sent emails. Did you? Uh, to news networks. <laughs> he did. Good. I was so pissed. I was, <laughs> that dude who got shot, man, you know, by, you know, the, the female police officer. Terrence Crutcher, right? Yeah, in the middle of the freaking road. Just my car broke down. He, he even called her for did that. Did you hear her, like, list of excuses? No. Right away, she says, I thought he was on PCP. Okay? <laughs> what kind of fucking guy on PCP is gonna, you know, PCP here, right? He would have pushed his own fucking truck out the middle of the road (laughs) if he was on PCP. You can melee 10 cops, but in the video, this guy is leaning heavily on his cane to stand. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. Sounds like a good excuse. Her most recent one, and there have been a couple in between, but I can't remember them. Her most recent one was temporary deafness. Wow. Just because. Spontaneous never, temporary deafness. I have never been so close to being labeled sexist right. as when I, I discovered who it was that shot. I'm serious. I can't. I, it's almost impossible for me not to be except logic. Well, don't like be I, sexist because her husband was in that helicopter. Wow. Also so, a cop working there. So here, let me uh, let me quote you something from the New York Times. Uh, the current movement against police brutality has been primarily focused on the disproportionate number of African-Americans who have been shot and killed by the police. An analysis published this year by the Washington Post found that while more whites are killed by the police overall, police shootings were up in the first part of 2016 and black Americans were 2.5 times as likely as white Americans to be shot by officers. Mm-hmm. They are disproportionately likely to attract police attention, and when they do, they are more likely to have force used on them. 
And so it is just uh, just way more likely that something horrible is going to go wrong. David A. Harris, a professor and expert in police accountability at the University of Pittsburgh School of Law, said in a telephone interview on Thursday. So where I was going uh, before we talked about the cigarette tax was the newest one where two officers in Louisiana pulled a gentleman over uh, and shot at his car 18 times, killing his six-year-old son who was sitting in the passenger seat. Yeah, I believe he went to jail for that. Yeah, well, there's there's two two police officers. They're both uh, currently facing second-degree murder charges. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, a battery of excuses. The first one was, oh, he, we're pretty sure he had a weapon. We're not sure he had a weapon. Maybe he had a weapon. And apparently they, had, they said they had pulled him over because he had outstanding warrants, which was untrue, and he did not have outstanding warrants. So, I believe they're like... One of their excuses was that he drove toward them. <laughs> okay. And I, I don't know if that counts as like, if you're going to ram a police car, does that mean the police can shoot into your vehicle? I'm not sure. Um, but no. that right away was what people were saying. Do you know why they can't? was the big, big deal. And it's, this is out of the police oper- operations and procedure handbook I had in college. Why they can't is because <clears throat> if they haven't cleared the car, they don't know who the fuck is in it like a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the main reason you can't. You have to see a clear and obvious threat. And moving a car towards your car, are the authorized to pull a gun? Yes. If they're going to, that was a, what am I thinking of? Destabilize, unstable. What am I thinking of the term? Shut down the vehicle mm-hmm. that's coming towards them. I either aiming at the engine, they're going to blow out a tire, whatever they could do to make sure the vehicle does not continue on its path. Sure. That's, that's excusable. That's understandable. Um, 18 shots. Fry them. Yeah. Second degree murder my ass. They get fried. That's that's me. Put them to sleep. I don't care. Bring back the death penalty. And it's not because they're officers. It's it, actually, yes, it is because of officers. Because this dude, number one, he's white. It's his white privilege. Uh, yeah, I don't know who they were talking to before they shot at his car. But, like, they should have known, like, his privilege card. He's like, privileged. Distinctly doesn't allow that behavior towards him. I mean, jokes aside, I really, I'm shocked at this. Like, it's okay. So they're. What fear did you have, even if he had outstanding warrants? Like, what? There's no AK. No. I, he does. He's not Dolph Lundgren. I mean, he's in any role of a villain I don't anywhere. Know. It, like, to me, it's why? it's like if you are that afraid of someone, maybe being a police officer is not the job for you. And you've hit my number one point about this entirely, that we're so focused on a cookie cutter, this is what a cop should be. And these stupid ass testings I had to sit through multiple times. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm a big guy, and that's fine, fair. You know, cops gonna be able to catch someone. I get that. Speed's a factor, fun, blah, 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 whatever you wanna say. But level headedness, calm under pressure. What did you do beforehand? Can you handle a situation? Where is that grueling battery of tests before I consider you as an applicant to go off to 12 months of, hey, become a private military member? Mm-hmm. you know or we as we know as a cop that's what i'm agreeing with that should be done because what's i do not think the mousy guy from gym class who just couldn't be bothered to dress out should ever be a cop because he's not we don't know about this kid you know when he be, when this kid becomes an adult maybe he comes out of it maybe not maybe he stays mousy maybe he stays introverted and you don't know but when he knows the right things to say in a psychological test and he's able to pass the physical and he goes to whatever training it is. But we don't know 
what mental shit is rattled up in his head? We have no idea. And more importantly, when he's going through training, how is it that I, as an instructor, am not able to see this dude exhibit these behaviors in certain scenarios? Yeah. And why isn't there, why isn't there a washout uh, percentage of these people? Where it's like, you got this far, but honestly, okay, look, you can't be a beat cop, but, you know, hey, desk duty's for you. I, I feel like uh, as someone who, you know, uh, lives in America, has a right to vote, like, I, I shouldn't be fearful when I'm pulled over by the police. It shouldn't, there shouldn't be an air of fear there. I shouldn't be like, oh shit, are these guys going to like fucking pull me out of the car? Like, are all my ducks in a row? What if I touch the steering wheel? What's going to happen? That Like, I don't feel like... What that... if someone dropped a joint? <laughs> right. There goes right. my life. You know, like, I, I don't really have, like, interactions with people that I should be concerned about, you know, uh, a lot in life. And, uh, you know, I don't really hang out with a lot of, like, people that are criminals or do, like, stupid criminal behavior or activities. But... You know, what What if I get mistaken? What if my specific green Ford Taurus looks like somebody else's specific green Ford or Taurus? Or profile. Right. And and they're just like, fucking open fire. Mm-hmm. Like, you shouldn't have to worry about that. That shouldn't be how your life is lived. In my proven experience, it's over a decade running LARP in the park and in between for Lilation Park, showing up in Naperville, uh, trips out to Romeoville occasionally, and definitely out in that uh, private park we rented for a while. Um, every time I met the police, guys were fine. There was a single cop I had a problem with. They were somewhere hot-headed, and particularly when you got to Romeoville. Oh, my God. But the moment they saw you and, like, recognized what you did and whatnot, the jokes came out. They were calm. They were happier that you were there. Well, yeah, but we're, we're lucky. Not. I feel like we're in an exceptional area as far as policing goes. And I, I can I, tell I you. I don't think we're in an exceptional area. What it is, I think we're in an area where we're in. Because I think in other areas, these co- I, I truly feel... That's the norm. That's the norm. You got cops who've been in this community for a hot minute. Once they get used to you, once they can put a name to your face and know what you're about, you know, they, they will approach you. You will have that breakdown. Well, can I, uh, can I share something? And this is purely anecdotal and it's referencing what you were previously stating. Go, go. Um, at least in our experience in like the Romeoville, Bolingbrook, Joliet area, like when you would interact with a cop and they're like, oh, they know who they, who you are and you're cool. Usually that's after years and years of consistent harassment by those police. In my experience, when I was in my early teens, mid-20s, like that was a nightly experience, was getting stopped by police, by getting frisked, but getting But can you searched. describe what you guys wore, which looked like time and night circumstances I, as well? I, and I can, and I understand where you're going, but I don't feel like that should matter. I don't feel like the way that I dress or how I choose to look should have any factor on me being harassed. I don't feel that that should be permission I, to it's harass. Not, I'm not saying that it is permission. What I'm saying is, though, is that the people before you have one apple, one bad apple, can ruin it for everyone in a given area is what it comes down to. That's what all this is about. Mm-hmm. One bad apple. That's all it takes, one bad circumstance. If you have a history of behavior from a certain group of people that dress a certain type of way, act a certain type of way, you're gonna get harassed but that's essentially racially profiling it would hey if it is it is but that's why i'm not saying it's right or wrong one way or the other but i'm saying that's why you know if i have a group of people just assholes tearing up areas they're in committing violence or underage drinking and god knows what else and it's a history of it and it's like cyclical like there's always going to be a group every freshman year i get to identify they're like blah 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 in this neighborhood that's what goes on i've been on a beat for 10 years I'm gonna, it's impossible for me not to have a skewed view of that. I uh, disagree it, with you. I, I don't disagree with you, but 
I think that that is a large majority of what the problem is, is that you're, you're painting a specific type of person based on your visual cues as criminals and automatically you're treating them a certain way because 10 other people, a hundred other people before them have fit that, you know, have fit those visual cues have fit the, you know, the color, the race, the gender, the what, whatever, you know, insert specific here, you know, and I, I think that really is what it comes down to is that we're, we're kind of putting people into a box based on how they look or where they're from or the color of their skin. And that's why, you know, we have a situation where a large part of people go, ah, it's just the way it is. Fucking deal with it. But what's the alternative? Ah, we teach people how to, how to interact with people individually based on their actions and not how they look. So you don't see at fault at all of, of, of like at all of the attitude of the people being questioned or being brought up or anything like that. Well, no, I mean, uh, I, I do believe that there should be an equal amount of respect from both parties. I don't disagree. I feel like if you go into an interaction with anyone and you're aggressive and you're being a dick for lack of a better word, it's going to escalate the situation. People react. They, you know, if you came up to me and you were like, Hey Nate, fucking blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh yeah, blah, well, blah, blah, blah to you too. And you were like, motherfucker, don't disrespect me. But then I was like, motherfucker, don't disrespect. Like, we're going to fight. There's going to be a problem, you know, whether it's a verbal altercation or a physical altercation. So, yeah, I do believe. But at the same time, if you are going through a constant harassment, you're going through a stop and frisk scenario where every day a police officer is stopping and frisking you like what was occurring in New York. Eventually, that shit's going to wear on you eventually you're going to say something that somebody else is going to construe as rude or ignorant or disrespectful, but they don't know you've been stopped fucking 12 days in a row on your way home from work. You know, I mean, it's, it, it, it is that situation. Or like, that that cop is to stop your number 30 <laughs> of his eight hour shift or excuse me, 12 hour shift, uh, which is the common cop shift. Well, the whole, the whole stop and frisk thing. I mean, that's uh, it's kind of ridiculous because it, it, you know, it, like they can't do it anymore. They deemed it unconstitutional because it literally was targeting. It was giving them permission to target black people and Mexican people. Sure. And people of color. So it's like, you know, but all I'm saying is I'm providing an opposite. Yeah. No, it's a common viewpoint. I always do. Absolutely. When it comes with, with you, with, with our friend group, because I really feel that we have counterculture people. That's what our friends are. Oh, for sure. Counterculture. You know, man, they're down on me because of what I know. They're not. Right. They're uh, not. And, the vast and, majority, they're really not. And I, I like that there is an opposing viewpoint because if we're just like, yeah, cops are all shit. Everything's shit about cops. All right. Good podcast. Like, what does that really solve? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the police. Yeah. But, yeah. But Ice the, but my over, favorite. But the overall role I want to, I want to stress is I'm not on the side of the police in the slightest when it comes to this. I'm saying that I think that their ways are outdated and they're old when it comes to the matter of protecting. It truly is, but it's impossible. Like I can't think, I can't even think of an intelligent way. That you could look, you could not profile to a point. And considering that even statistically profiling has actually helped stop several crimes based on that very mentality. That's, that's honestly what helps. It's how, cause, cause you can't tell a criminal can put a smile on his face and, and convince you he's done nothing wrong. And those are the truly dangerous ones. And they're the hardest ones to spot. And for those ones that do get through, you know, terrible shit comes from them. And I can't imagine the guilt of the officer who dropped that ball. So there's a lot to an officer that they got to do uh, to catch and, and just uncover and protect and serve. And it's, it's a lot going into it. Plus we got to tell them to protect themselves. 
protect you first. Otherwise, there's no one around to protect. And under all those pressures, you mentioned reactionary. I agree. Under all those pressures, the number one thing that bothers me most, I got a little checklist here. Number one, cops are underpaid. Yeah. Number one, they're underpaid. I, <clears throat> you got to work a 12-hour shift, five days a week, sometimes seven, without question. You don't get the bitch, nothing. You just got to get out there and do it. I can't imagine what, what a wreckage that does to your personal life, to your family life, to your mental health. All it is is the police. All it is is being police. And that's that. You forget you're also a citizen when it comes to that. When you have off time, what's that like? That's number one. And that's systemic with your bills. You, the average cop makes maybe starting 33000 Maybe. And to me, that's pathetic. To a person that gets a firearm in his hand, I want them to get paid more than the freaking well local retail store manager salary. It is a very sad state of affairs as well when we're paying our public servants, firemen, uh, you know, M uh, MS, fucking, I'm sorry, I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. Multiple sclerosis. Fuck, yeah, right. Like <laughs> the people with MS, we pay them very little. I don't know why. But, uh, you know, police, <laughs> uh, emergency service people, teachers, we really kind of give them the short end of the stick on a lot of things. And I, I think that's a, a fucking tragedy as well. And uh, I think um, this is kind of off topic. In fact, it's really off topic. But, you know, we fucking lock people up because they had $150 worth of fucking weed or whatever in their pocket. Yet motherfucking CEOs of banks can implore their employees to fuck people out of money and they keep their job. And all those people, all those $12 an hour people get fucking fired. Now, I'll tell you why I'm brilliant or you're brilliant or both of us are just lucky here. And that's because I, I feel that's right in pocket with what we're talking about. And let me, and I'll explain why is the CEO not looked like looked at as a criminal. And why is that, you know, why is Derek with $150 worth of weed in his pocket considered a criminal when he gets caught with it? The answer is simple. It's how much money Derek makes. Right. Versus how much that CEO makes. Right. It's that simple. And it's because we've, everyone's heard, right? Yeah. It's illegal. Well, depends on how much you make. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. We've all heard that. If you have enough money, you can do anything, but that's not an accepted taboo. In our culture, that's a given. And the laws are lopsided to fill up our prisons. I Certainly. Mean, you got marijuana in there with, with uh, heroin as far as Schedule 1 drugs go. Yeah, and they just had uh, the opportunity to change the scheduling of, of marijuana. And the DEA and the federal government has mm-hmm. opted not to because uh, the, the, not enough testing has been done. Which is weird because it's illegal, so you can't do testing on it. But, like, you can't do testing on it, so it's got to <laughs> remain illegal. Right. Yeah. Hmm. That's weird how that works out. That's uh, the government saying, fuck off. There's a lot in the government that's retarded, though. I mean, there's, and that would be off topic, but I, I'll just state that there's, there are laws that go directly opposed to one another that are still circulating for some odd reason that any, any idiot can look at it. I bitched about it before, but I'm seriously, why is it that if I'm, if I have, if I have in my hand a title of a vehicle, and it's in someone else's name, right? You know, I bought it, bought the truck from them though. And, and they have a title and they go to mail it out. They got to pay for the new title to come to me, right? That's number one. And then I have to turn around and pay to buy all the license plates for it. Like I never had it in the first place to have it. Plus that title fee has to get paid again. So there's like redundancy, right? And when I, when I spotted that and I looked at it, I went, that's just a redundancy. That's just because you haven't caught up to the modern times. Why you were paying this? Cause back in the day, Someone had to stamp right up and literally handwrite that new title and all that, and they made you pay for it. It also wasn't as expensive as it is now. 
and they haven't made that obsolete yet. They just kept the fee for it because yeah. what harm is it? And it's yeah. not because it's a dumb mistake. It's because they went, well, if no one's going to bitch about it, right? we'll just keep the money for it. Right. And so now, what the fuck? Nice. Sorry. I am deeply sorry that we failed to fulfill our responsibility to our customers, to our team members, and to the American public. Yeah, he's very sorry. Who I'm very that? sorry. That was the CEO of Wells Fargo, I was Mr. Stumpf. 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 <laughs> Mr. Stumpf. So uh, they're actually embroiled in another fucking uh, little domestic problem. Um, apparently they're involved now in a class action lawsuit wherein they are being sued for wage theft. So those same twelve hour or $12 an hour workers who were... Uh, urged to scam people and set up fake uh, fake bank accounts. Um, it turns out uh, that a lot of people were being forced to work overtime without pay to stay late to hit goals. Um, you know, so it doesn't, wow. doesn't surprise me. <clears throat> uh, but this is this goes back to ninety nine. So this has been going on for 17 fucking years. And again, this is one of those situations like I I, I go, okay. Derek's got to go. I do. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll pause and uh, we'll um, start back up when you get back. There you go. Pardon our slight break. That's going to sound weird. So what I'm, gonna, I'm just, well, no, it's going to sound weird because I was talking and then I paused it. And then I unpaused it, and I wasn't saying the same thing I was. Right. There's no way you can remember that point. I have no conceivable fucking idea what I was talking about. <laughs> I was like, eh, fucking with the police, and then, oh, hey, welcome back. How are you? Right. There's a deep point <laughs> being made. Yeah. So that, that, was, uh, that was all pretty dark. Um, did you have anything else? Fucking bitch. Anyways. Um, fuck you. I got to mute fucking Facebook or something, which is easy to do by closing it. Anyways, did you have anything else you wanted to add, Derek, to the to the subject? I'd probably go all day. Um, hey, man, the floor is yours. You have exactly one hour. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> what, what's important? Okay, so I think, and I, I touched on this immediately, the big problem with policing nowadays is the lack of oversight. All right? It's that... I can pull you over and it doesn't matter what color your skin is, what you're wearing, what kind of car you're driving, nothing. Okay, if I want to kill you for any reason, any whatsoever, I can do that. I'll ask you to get your ID out and all you got to do is your hands got to twitch and I can put three in your head and I'm going to get away with that. Um, the first thing that's going to happen is they're going to take your life apart. Uh, especially in the press. They're going to look at your entire criminal record. They're going to find out that Nate once jaywalked and told a cop to get fucked or, you know, something, whatever. But never to his face. Right. Well, who knows? <laughs> <clears throat> the point is, I mean, you will be under a microscope, you know. While yeah, that... you as a victim are scrutinized. And if I'm the cop in that situation, my records are locked to the public. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. The next thing that happens is that my police department, Thin Blue Line or whatever, will investigate ourselves and find nothing wrong, as the saying goes. If it progresses beyond that point, then it's going to be internal affairs. It's going to look at it next, I would think. 
and then after that, maybe the FBI. But it's never going to leave the justice system, is the point, okay? And these people all have ties together that it's not worth getting into. Right, so real, but real quick, to, to answer that question, because it kind of piqued yeah. my curiosity here. What do you feel? Like, I mean, the justice system is designed to whether whoever you are, you break the law, you go to the system. There's, there's no checks and balances. And I think now, whereas black people were always feeling this, now everybody gets to feel this. So I, I would agree with you to, to, to a point. Um, when I'm about the everybody feeling this way, I agree. I think fear is a big thing that we're, we're hitting on here. When it comes to the police department, no checks and balances, the scary thing about our justice system is that it's like an old boys club. And as long as you are on the up and up, you're fine. You've paid your dues. We got your back. However, you bring flack to it at all that sticks. You're just like everybody else and worse because you used to be. You see what I'm saying? Now we got to make an example. And that's that. The problem we've been seeing is that people have justifications in certain, like that guy in New York, there's fallout from that New York incident, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking people up on high, including their chief, lost their job, their career, their pension. They lost everything related to what they had going on because they found multiple infractions. We're talking in the hundreds. Which, where, which case are we talking about here? So this is Garner. Okay. Choked to death, yeah. right? Garner, got that right? I believe mm -hmm. so. So choked to death. And if we're wrong, we're fucking right. terrible. So the yeah. police who were there may have, you know, they were charged, but then let let off, right? Yeah. That was the big thing. Well, immediately we the, the upper echelons got attacked. That opened the door for all of them. Mm -hmm. How do you not feel that this person should not be? And the thing is that they they tried saying, hey man, we look out for our own. Look at this and they were like, okay. And I went, okay, see that file we kept? Now we're taking a real look at that. And they opened up quite a bit that they're still sifting through regarding, you know, charges. Are they going to this or that? The problem is, is that why are we just now doing that? Well, uh, it, to me, it seems like it's an indication of issues being brought to light and uh, in certain circumstances because they don't want further civil backlash. They're making a, quote, example out of these situations. And to me, that that's the fucking scary part is that it's these aren't the only situations these aren't the only scenarios not at all these are the ones that have gotten to the news and so they're like oh shit how do we fix this the number one most alarming thing out of the police department by the way it's not a shooting it's rape cases both oh, yeah. both men and women stepping forward and saying that they were raped and the police getting there and sure who did it oh well it was this guy well they got 12 to 15 people that says they didn't do it mm. oh okay well we'll bring them in you get your lawyer. How long ago was this? Two years ago. And suddenly that cop's like, fuck you. Yeah. Well, and like then, it, and then it's out the window that, that opens a whole additional fucking can of worms mm. where they do go through the legal system. And well, you know, those young fellas, they've got a really great life ahead of them. So let's not throw the book at them. But what I'm trying to say is that it's, it's funny because this is at police precincts. This is police chiefs, old timey police chiefs who this was the same status quo as it was when they were in there. That's, that's what has to change. Those guys yeah. cutting slack. The the entire to, to criminals and I, badges. I feel the entire criminal justice system is really it's corrupt from the fucking core out. There's just no checks and balances. I mean, there's nothing. No, and it's it is it was initially designed to help protect us people. Uh, you know, protect our rights, protect us, give us the opportunity to actually have a fair trial. Well, and the bottom line is, if if you don't have fucking money. 
to to support a long drawn out criminal case you're pretty much fucked it's what it comes down to is that there are there are feelings right that we're discussing here there because data doesn't support the statement the fact that there aren't checks and balances is not true the fact that you can't afford people to step forward and defend you is not true what it comes down to is having the evidence to support to get that person to help you out to do that situation how does one get evidence? Well, it's all circumstantial based on what occurred, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, if you were in a very dodgy situation where it's hard to prove you were victimized, that's that's equally innocent till proven guilty is the system, right? And so when you look at it neutrally as a lawyer or any criminal defense, anything has to look at it. Unfortunately, that's true. It all comes down to that evidence. A cop's job is not to say you're innocent or guilty. Their job is to stop you from committing crime, right. to deter you to stop an emotion. It's, it's then the lawyer's job in court to prove that, yes, you are the criminal that they stopped you for. Here's the charges. Here's what we're going to do. The problem is, is that you have the common man now saying that the trust is lost. Right. It is gone. We do not trust that police are, for everything you guys have said, like, I, I will state this. This is the first podcast where I truly felt that I was not the one on the side of the emotional common. You know what I mean? Where I'm actually hearing. How dare you call me common? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, the majority, right? Which is, yes, it's an outcry. Yes, it's terrible. There are blanket statements being made. There isn't the checks and balances and we don't know. That's a lot of hurt. That's a lot of pain sifted through. That's a lot of circumstances where, yes, in these cases that are highlighted, that's true, but they are working on it. The problem is, is people derailing that investigation with rage. Mm-hmm. It truly is. The more people attack these organizations or are trying to do right by it. Let me back up a peg. Do you think that having a political movement on a shooting is valid within the week of it occurring. Do you think that helps an investigation? Probably not. Uh, I don't, I don't know one way or the other. I can't, I can't make a statement about that. What I, what I will say is what to finish that. Okay. So do you think that that only gets worse when violence becomes a part of it? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Right. And now we have emotion stopping what cold hard facts would be there. And so now you have people who don't even know if they should even bother to be working on this. They're, they're, did you know there are police who will not even, a couple places, a friend of mine, uh, who I won't name because he asked not to be named, but he said I could use this fact, works at a gun range, said that they offered it that, okay, they're going to have a special day where you get to come out and you get to shoot firearms and whatever. And if you're a cop or a veteran, it's on the gun range. They want you to come out and just get comfortable, get skilled, enjoy the guns you love in a safe environment, kind of make a statement, say hi to your community. Most cops, like maybe one or two, maybe said yes to it out of like the 50 they asked because they do not want their face associated anywhere with the public saying they're a cop. I can understand that. That's that's where we're at now. But what, they got to be in uniform to take advantage of this discount? No, they'd showing up and saying they're a police like they're going to take their photo and say, this is a cop in your community. And he's here to, you know, to go with the gun range, say hi to him and blah, blah, blah. They're like, like, I don't want them knowing I'm a cop. I don't want them to know so different than it used to be back in the day you know and honestly the difference is is that what we're doing here is right have a discussion have points have opinions air them right hear them that's fine but what is commonly happening like you had you had garner go down and then that stuff inside was it carolina if i'm correct where there was the the first the, initial the most shooting recent one well, no, the, the initial shooting, wasn't that, it? That was in uh, Ohio, I believe. Okay, Ohio. What I'm or referring Ferguson. to is that you had less than three-week window, and they already had a, a, a black guy go around and start shooting cops. There was a retaliation immediately, 
And what that said to everybody was, holy shit, right? Uh, I believe my personal opinion is this. Uh, I don't believe it's my opinion. It is my opinion. Um, I believe that uh, like reacting to violence with more violence, uh, you're not solving anything. And in fact, you're a hypocrite because you're doing exactly what you're protesting or, or rioting against. And I think that's an important distinction, too. I don't have a problem with, you, with people protesting. If you have a political belief and you want to peaceably assemble and you want to protest an injustice or speak out against your government or whatever, you feel that you've been wronged or your people have been wronged. I do not care. Like You're totally fine. I agree. When it turns into violence, uh, I, I don't think you're solving anything. You're just perpetuating the issue. You're just creating more fucking violence. We're and talking about the Dallas shooter, yes? Uh, I'm not sure which one we're talking yeah, there's about. There's a couple. But, there's a but couple. Where like play. Ferguson was a big one. Where yes, Ferguson is the main one I'm talking about. Where they right. did the, uh, where the police. I don't know if you know this. That if there's a potential riot, and like if I if I see protesters and they're in a group of like 50, and upwards of 50 plus, and I see that they're out there and they're being peaceable, we're gonna call police to come out there anyway. Yeah, because that can come bad. Now initially, those cops are just you know handling traffic because you did your permits to be there. We're just handling traffic. We're just minding our business. But the moment. We start, you know, I'm a cop. We're all cops there. And we start hearing people talk to the the darker side of the protest. We got to report that in. People are getting called in from days off to get prepped. Because now we got to handle the situation. The moment there is violence, we got to disperse them. Well, in Ferguson, they had a protest that went out through a neighborhood. So their response was to go through a tear gas and get them all in their homes. Right. That, that well, the and that's, that's, that's the, uh, that's an issue too. Yeah, it is. The police do not exist to protect the interests of the state. The police exist to protect the interests of people. Mm. And again, if I am, ex if I'm, if I'm, uh, performing something that is a right to me, you do not have the right to fucking pepper spray me or shoot me with rubber bullets. I don't think that's cool. And that, that's what happens when the, the police, the, the law enforcement officials start to escalate and create violence among people that are protesting. If you're assaulted, you're going to defend yourself. And the problem with the riot is that they only reported uh, victims that stood forward and told the reporters what went on and what was going on. And, you know, to make sense of the video they had. The other side from the cops they were interviewing as to why they did what they did, they had all sorts of reports come in from other officers about people throwing trash cans at officers, about brandishing weapons, broken glass, uh, you know, like makeshift shivs or whatever. I, I think they actually did say shiv uh, that was in there that put them on edge and, and until it was ordered to be dispersed because the crowd got too big for them to handle at that point. So they just had to shut it down. But to those innocent people on the front line who went there for a peaceable protest, they have no idea what's going on behind them, right? Mm. And so they just all get blanketed and shut it down and shut it down. And then now what do you do? Because those people are having a peaceful protest because it's what they were told, just like Nate said, it's their constitutional right. They have a right to protest it. They got the permits to protest it. We're protesting. Now you're getting violent with me. What recourse do I have but to right. express that rage right back? Well, and then you have shit like mm -hmm. what the reports that came out about what happened like during Occupy Wall Street where the law enforcement officials were like planting agent provocateurs in to create fucking violence like yeah. these are people that that like 
you're there to sabotage to get these people fucking pepper sprayed. And that's a that's an ancient military strategy. No and, matter and it what wasn't conflict you're looking to at. That, I didn't read it was cops. I read it was businesses. <clears throat> well, I, I had paid people I, to be there to do that. I do not. I do not want to make a blanket statement that A did A and B did B. But from what I understand, it was a law enforcement officials, whether it was local or state or federal, were planting people in there to fucking cause problems to cause havoc it's always going to happen in fact i think that's one of the reasons black lives matter looks a little bit shittier today than it did you know a year or two ago i really think that uh you know there were some violent people that had nothing to do with the movement that showed up and they were gonna yeah well i mean it's it's gonna happen no matter what the movement this is why i don't protest too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know what side I'm on if if I'm at that protest. Like the second it turns into a riot, part of my brain is going to be like, oh my God, like this uh, went south. And the other yeah. part's going to be like, I should steal a TV. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You're just, it's very true. Uh, I'm, I'm an anxious person. <laughs> if I'm pissed off enough. Carpe diem. Yes. I'm on the side there. of get the fuck out of the way because I don't want to get shot. You know mm-hmm. what calms me down at a protest? A 4K monitor. That's a, a comfortable right. monitor. A 4K I don't know TV, if it, 52 inch. I don't know if it solved my problems, but it definitely mm-hmm. eased a little pain. It fills that hollowness for a little bit. But the, you know that that's that's what people that face injustice, people that deal with uh, having their rights squashed, mm-hmm. they they protest and fucking violence happens. You know what? I think I just made any future points that I could make that are any good and valid. <laughs> I, just, I don't think it just occurred it, to me. There's there's a difference, Derek. I want to let you know that I really find it refreshing. You were you're talking about logistical facts, but then you're you're adding very much so naturally your 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 emotions. It's this is how you feel, this is what's true, but this is how I feel. There's a very important distinction there that makes you real. It's thank you for that. Um it, it's like it's where I draw the line. Like People will say, Derek, you're being a social justice warrior. You know, you wouldn't be at one of these protests. And it's like, yeah, I wouldn't be at one of these protests because I'm the type of person that might leave in a body bag because I know I'm going to fucking run my mouth at the very least. Right. At the very least. Oh, people are driven by emotions. We don't, we don't, there's no Vulcans that live on this planet. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, logic and reason, especially when you are in a moving undulating organism of people that are all amped towards the same sort of idea and concept your emotions are going to run high same thing with the police and i get why that shit happens but at the same time like normal everyday people are not trained to deal with emotional responses most uh... people that you interact with all day every day are fucking assholes Mm -hmm. And they don't, they don't really know how to interact with people. And now multiply that, right? Right. Multiply that by 10,000 and then throw in some fucking tear gas. What we just need is a lot more transparency on our justice system. And people won't need to gather and freak out because we'll all have a pretty clear picture of what happened. But the thing is, is like, like I said, the problem... We, we keep saying the problem, the problem, the problem. I truly think the problem comes from not just... The system is broken depending on which side of the fence you're standing on. Why right? wouldn't police want transparency, though? So the police do have transparency. You break the law, I'll bust your ass. That's as <laughs> transparent as it gets, right? That's 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 right there. No, no, no. I mean, I'm I'm saying like body cams as as. So why you, why you don't have a body cam? I think comes down to more monetary than anything else. <clears throat> and I, we may move there anyway. 
because if it start you start having enough lawsuits, it's going to be like, well, fuck it, have a body cam if that stops us from paying fines. There but, are some cops that are arguing for it. But the point is, is that even if you have a body cam, even if you do, now we're in a situation where, you know, a cop can simply take it off and say it was dropped. It got mm-hmm. damaged. An altercation with an arrest, where did it go? Right. That's happening. It wasn't, Plenty, yeah, actually. it wasn't turned on. I, I, the batteries died. I, I saw, I saw a picture of police that lifted up their hoods I saw that on the latches. Right. Yep. <laughs> to block the fucking cams in their cars. Assholes. I mean, it's, it, it could be that their cars were broke down. Yeah. Suddenly. <laughs> and they knew it in the middle Two of an arrest. Right, cars right. broke down In the middle of the street. Hang on, hang on. I'm going to get you, drug dealer. I think you're a drug dealer. You're black, right? Hang on a second. But uh, first, <laughs> first, I got this red light that's not on my dashboard, but I know it will be when I get out the car. So give me a second. I'm going to pop the hood. Now I'm going to come handle it. Shit, he's got a gun. There were no jumper cables in this picture, by the way. That's worth noting. No, I think that... Uh, so, and part of that is like, okay, personal accountability. Personal accountability starts, well, personally. It's the person you hire. That's mm-hmm. the only way this gets corrected is it comes down to the training of the officer and the understanding of the community of who the police are today. Not who the police were back when your great-granddad mm-hmm. was stomping the streets for civil rights, how the police are today and getting to understand them. And I, unfortunately for them, or maybe so, I personally believe that you should get a nice big email of every police officer that's in your community when you move in. Just like you get it, was it that, I don't know, that like, you get an Amber Alert that tells you, <laughs> this is like a reverse Amber Alert. So, this yeah. is so a positive we should treat alert. them. We should treat them like... Positive child molesters? Positive child no. I picked like a horribly comedic way to look at that. But mm. I'm saying is that you should get a list where you can see their faces and note them as like, oh, yeah, so-and-so. Like you do in any corporate job. You know, Officer Seaver, he comes to us from Romeoville. He's lived here his whole life. He cares to the community. He's been involved with this, that, and the other. He likes to participate in this. He's been the Lombard Fest. He people know Nate. And by the way, he does podcasting. You're, Isn't that great? You're describing community policing. Is what Why doing, you right? need to do that. But there shouldn't be a difference. Is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Like, if I'm living residential and policing residential, even inner city, then I need to be treated as such. I can't be a cop and look at you as a suspect mm-hmm. and everyone else as a suspect. If you let me do that, you're back to what Nate says. Now I'm profiling everybody, mm-hmm. right? And to a certain degree, a cop has to look out for, for danger signs, right? They have to. It's part of the job. It is next to impossible if they identify with the people in that community. And it's very easy when someone's like, oh, officer so-and-so, man, I noticed that you do this, that, and the other thing. Did you ever think about this? And he has to engage you. He doesn't have to. He could be like, fuck off. I'm busy. But what if he smiles and goes, oh, yeah, Derek. No, that's totally cool. Yeah. And, and another time right now, I'm blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, you're working. Yeah, I'll see you around. Suddenly, you're not afraid to say hi. He's not afraid to acknowledge the hi. Now, when I pull over Derek and he's two blocks from his house and it's three in the morning because Derek ran a stop, stop sign, I may be checking to see if he's awake. Derek, are you inebriated, man? You know, what's going on? Oh, no, I just I missed the sign, man. It's like... No problem. Here's a warning because I don't like paperwork. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Despite what you may think, it breaks down a barrier, but it works both ways. And that's the only idea to come up because I'm the type of person I'm not going to sit here and say, here's the problem, no solution. There's an easy solution. And it's not just training, right? I do agree more training because I think it's ridiculous that cops are only required after they're on the force twice a year to go to a police range. That's ridiculous. Mm. I don't. I, I want you. There. I was. I was raised on lethal weapon movies. I thought they just went every day. Right. That's what I thought. <laughs> but they're, oh, they're all getting too old for this shit. But you know, in case they're not. But it's it's twice, and because it's not just they're not there to just shoot off rounds. They're there to do stress training, which is high stress takedowns. You know, I you know how do I arrest somebody with just my voice? 
using just authority to get them to do what I need them to do. Um, what happens when that goes south? What is the okay parameters to handle it? Uh, escalations. What do I do when, okay, I get out the car, the guy's physically hostile with me. How do I, okay, cool. It's, it's okay now for me to use a taser. It is, because I'm just trying to, to knock him down and uh, get it to where I can deter, you know, arrest him. Um, so what if after the taser, he produces a knife? Now I can pull a gun. I'm always allowed to go one step higher to not only be a, to show them, hey man, you need to stop. The more you go, the more I'm authorized to go. That's how this works. But, but police need to understand that. Yeah. It's you have to see it. And that comes from, and honestly, I think it comes from that training specifically. What do they call that? It's something use of force? Uh, it's like acceptable use of force, yeah. something like that. I, for, I forget the, <clears throat> it's, that's not what it is, but oh. that's basically what it is. And, and we have to remember too that it's not, there's not a federal law that governs how a police force of police is. There's not oh, a yeah. state. It's true. It, there's not statewide. It's, it literally comes down to the individual village, township, city. And like, look at fingerprints, man. It took them like fucking 30 years to be like, let's make a federal database. Like the shit's not going to change overnight yeah. and it's not going to change all at once. It's going to change incrementally. And you know, the, I think the key, the, the key truth to this is responding to violence with more violence doesn't solve shit. Now, it doesn't help. Now I'm going to tell you the, the number one way that this gets handled. Get your head or your ass people. <laughs> I'm serious. I am fucking tired. Of, of watching people get blank stares when you mention atrocity. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like you have, you have no idea this is going on. Here's the thing. I have a strong penchant for the defense of women because nothing terrorizes me more than to imagine uh, someone I love, uh, like my sister, or even my good friend Melissa, you're, you're driving home late at night, and now what happens if you get pulled over by monster cops, as, as Derek has me believing now? <laughs> that that's, that these are monster cops you know what are they gonna do yeah uh kelly I'll, kelly uh i'll let you out of this but uh you know i'm gonna need an oral submission test that allows me to let you get off of just the <laughs> warning and if i don't get that aura i'm gonna have to detain you forcefully and make sure you got no weapons on you hope you understand kelly and and who's to say that doesn't first off i know it happens let me just point that out second off oh yeah by the way to tonight make this a nightmare for you just being raised by women, I have countless stories of not only this occurring, um, I have an aunt who, who dated a cop who did this to her. To you tell you how it all wrong. Uh, how emotionally fucked up that is. Mm. You know, that, that that's what occurred because of some reason that was her thing. And then later on decided not to because he was controlling and abusive. And for me, at age 13, to look at her and call her stupid... I'm I'm just pointing out a fact. I mean, that may be a little personal for everybody, but this is kind of a serious podcast, just kind of waking you up to a fact that that is something that rolls through my head every time I think of any. When I hear girls going to the bathroom in groups, there's a reason for that. Yeah. When I hear of a girl not wanting to go on a date alone for the first time with a guy, there's a reason for that. Well, look at look at how our entire judicial system treats the mistreatment of women. I mean, I can remember growing up, and again, this is going to be a fairly personal subject. But I, I can remember growing up, living in a household where there was domestic violence, and in, in my fucking lifetime, with my own eyes, witnessed police, you know, someone very close to me being completely beaten to shit, and the cops just being like, ah, you, you two work it out. Like, and that's, that's within the last 30 years. Right. You know, so it's like, look at how our system treats people 
who are victims, who have been victimized. No shit. Right. You know, no shit. This is going to fucking continue. And really, uh, I don't I don't like to espouse voting, but I really feel like you these problems are local problems. Fuck a national election. Right. Fuck a president. Get involved in your local fucking politics. But wait a second. Here's how this works. Any pundit idiot on a Facebook social media like thing is willing to stand out and yell about this presidency candidate and that presidency candidate. But if you tell them, hey, by the way, three blocks away from you, someone got pulled over and shot to death. There's six year olds dead. (laughs) How do you feel about that? Man, there's nothing I can do. I guess it's just, you know, he should have done what the cop said. Uh, bro, his hands were out the fucking window. His hands were out the window. Well, what would you like me to do? I don't know. I'll tell you what Bob will tell you to do. You make an email. You list every news fucking thing that there is out there. You can get your hands on. You could do it because I did it. And you let them know your opinion. You let them know what you think. You will get responses. Oh, and, and I said, by the way, I just want you to know how liberating that is, too, because now I get to go. I did something about it. It's and that, that is a toot your own toot your own horn moment. This yeah. podcast, you're doing something about it, you know. But if you're the type of person to go, you know what? I'm enjoying my mocha frappe latte that I had today. I just can't be bothered because there's the Jay Z concert going on. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean insult the master, but Kanye West <laughs> concert going on tonight because fuck Kanye. Kanye West is a true artist. I kind of like Kanye. I think you have a mushy head if you like Kanye West. I'm just saying. <laughs> he says whatever the fuck he wants, whenever he wants to. Totally but th- does. I, but you know what? That really shouldn't necessarily be something that's you know, admired. So you disturb people with Tourette syndrome. That doesn't mean they should be honored for it. <laughs> I, well, you know, and the, the truth of the matter is, like, we're big on the whole fucking Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton thing in this country right now. And people love Donald Trump because he just says whatever he mm-hmm. thinks. Well, maybe he shouldn't. No. Maybe he shouldn't say whatever he thinks, or maybe he should fucking think about what he says. Maybe he should put a little thought and then say the things that he says. I'm going to butcher Anyways. Latin. It's called Circe's at Circus. I don't know what that means. It means bread and circuses. I've always kind of had a soft spot for Kanye after he said George Bush hates black people in the middle of a speech. <laughs> he just like dead halted what he was saying. He said, By the way, George Bush, Bush is a saint compared people. to what's coming down the pipeline. I just want people to know that. Yeah. It's a bona fide saint. If you liked George Bush, get ready for Donald Trump. Holy shit. You guys think he's going to win, huh? I, uh, I don't because no. I have to believe that the lesser of two evils is going to win. So I don't know, man, like uh, I'm of two minds on this. I want Oprah to be written in the ballot and make it a slam dunk victory. One part of me, (laughs) one part of me goes, all right, I'm okay with Hillary Clinton to a degree because at least it's not going to get shittier. But then there's another part of me. There's this fatalist part of me who really likes to want to, you know, who likes to watch things crumble, wants to see everything just sort of fall apart, who goes, ah. Maybe Trump would be good for that. Yeah, scorched earth. Yeah. Well, here's my number one reason why Hillary makes me nervous and I really don't want to vote for her is because she's not going to bring this revitalization of female equality that a lot of people believe she's going to do. You know what she's going to do? Get richer. Yeah, That's, that's probably, what she's going yeah, to do. Most likely. Why? Because what has every president done that's entered office? They've gotten richer. I, here's my question <laughs> that's, for that's you. That's the goal. Here's, here's my question. This is a very rhetorical question. You don't have to answer it, but... Why would you go from um, making a couple million dollars a year talking to people on Wall Street to take a job that like pays less than a television executive? Legacy? I can answer because now you're in a position to, rec- to acquire more leverage 
and more, uh, what do we call, uh, benefit to those same people who are paying you for those speeches, millions of dollars, to exponentially hand over fist, earn more money after you're, after you're up, I kinda, after you're in. I kind of think you have to be a little crazy to want to be president. That's an awful lot of power to want. It's true. I'm going to tell you in terms of when people, like I heard this too, black people thought Obama was just going to, man, Amistad, we're getting paid. That's happening. We're all, it's just going to take care of everything, isn't it? No, no, it didn't. You know what it did? It said, well, uh, Obama's rich. And oh, because Obama's black, Congress was like, no, no, I don't want to eat this medicine. It's weird. It's different. What is he? He's talking equal for, no, I'm not. No. And what did Obama say? Cool. You did it. You're still, I can't get nothing done. You won't let me get it done. And then the next term came around. Everybody said, Congress, you lighten up. You didn't give him a fair shake. Put him back in. What are you doing? And Congress was like, all right, Obama, but you better learn to play ball, buddy. And Obama went, I guess I got to play ball to be president. And he did. Did you notice that since uh, Second term. Um, since Donald Trump like announced his presidency and he's been campaigning for, for president, you don't really hear the, tea, the, like, the term Tea Party anymore? Now they're just all Trump followers. Mm-hmm. You might hear the term tea bag. There's no more tea party politics. Now it's just the Republicans. I don't know. It's a good point. I'm an independent and I don't really like either of the choices. I don't either. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know what I am. I don't really have a political party affiliation. I'm certainly not I'm for Oprah Winfrey <laughs> or the Cookie Monster. I'll vote for either one. The Cookie Monster. At least you know he would be awesome. What's going to corrupt him? So, you want, to, uh, you want to sue Saudi Arabia's? Do they have delicious uh, cookies? No? Nom, nom, nom. Well, then, you, then how many cookies do I get if we, we vote against Saudi Arabia? Well, you get this om nom 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 nom. That's it. That's that's every freaking thing you could do. And Cookie Monster would make sense. Big because he represents America's big pharma. Uh, I would totally good. I would really appreciate uh, if we had a, a horse as president, Mister Ed Wilbur, <laughs> the famous Mister Ed. It could because you know, like uh, like I said, there's a there's a large part of me that really wants like progress. I want the world to be a better place. I want things to get fixed. But then there's like this other part of me that's like, well, the system's completely fucked. So that's we a should whole just, generation. We should just, just watch it fall. A lot of progressive independence. That that's everybody right now, I think. Or at least the majority. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's well, good to know I'm I, I will uh, say as a wake up call, this nation was founded on criminals. Um Tax evaders, all of them. That's why they came to America. That's why they founded America to do what they wanted to do. That is still who is being elected in office is to do what they want to do. If you were here because you were along with the, for the ride, which we all were, we're all descendants of these people. Um, that honestly lies to us to make that change in some capacity. It's beyond me exactly how that's done, other than to go, hey, it's stupid. This is retarded. Why are we doing it? Yeah. Well. And if your response is, man, I got to, you know, tomorrow, big day, and, you know, it's. Really beyond me. I've got to get home and i got to watch that dating show with the football player. Oh, God, it's on every <laughs> Tuesday. I really love it. It's <laughs> This problem, I think, like, like most of what we've talked about today, starts with education, I think. I, I follow most problems back to education, like police not being taught enough and, and not having commensurate uh, salaries for how much they're taught, you know? And then uh, 
you know, why are people voting for a fucking idiot? Because they're fucking idiots too. Like, <laughs> yes. read a fucking book. <laughs> you know, just off the top of my head. Shit, it, it reminds me of fucking George Carlin's get. Like, you are, you get the candidates you deserve. Right? Shit in, shit out. Like, you're, it's true. our politicians are fucking idiots. It's because you're a fucking idiot. Like, mm-hmm. people are fucking idiots. I'll give you a, I'll give you a pet peeve of mine is when people use the word overeducated as an insult. <laughs> I want to punch them in the fucking throat. Like, For me, it's when someone says bae. <laughs> um, the internet the other day told me that stands for before anyone else. Do you know what bay actually stands for? It's actually, uh, I believe it was, it was Greek or Swiss. I can't <clears throat> forget which one, but the word actually means poop. <laughs> it, it'll translate. It means poop. I thought it was just because people were too lazy to put the fucking B in there. I, well, I wish you were joking too. that it didn't mean poop, but it means poop. Uh, yeah. When people say that word. Um, it's short for baby. Is what Urban Dictionary said. I'd like to. I don't understand why. Uh, have you ever like wanted to put your hand down someone's throat and just like pull them out of themselves? That's like, quattro for my Mexican yeah. people. It's it's a weird thing because like I I work with mostly people that are younger than me, and uh, they have like a completely different sort of language, and they say things like shade, and I'm like I don't understand what that means. Like what what does that mean? Like throwing shade, right? Like I'm like what the fuck does that mean? And they say things like bay, and I'm like I don't. I it's don't. uh throwing shade is when you're being condescending. Oh, so you you couldn't just say, like, stop being condescending? Uh, I don't know. I'm that would yeah. require uh, interaction. That means I'm engaging you to let you know how I feel, requesting that you stop that behavior because it offends me. Yeah. Rather than you get to know that about me, I would just rather sit here and go, Duh! <laughs> what was that? Duh! You know, I have to now interpret that you're upset. Nate, Duh! Duh! I guess Nate's upset. That's I, I better stop. Yeah, that, just well, that's usually that. what I do when I... When I uh, talk I don't make any sense at all i just fart from my face <laughs> <laughs> so um one of the signs of the apocalypse can i give you one uh this is why it's good to be catholic i just want to point this out to you um so you, you guys mean, heard you mean besides the dark room sex wait a sec you're catholic yes that's good yes shocker right and that and you just dropped that like it was it was not important part of the conversation <laughs> it's, it's not i think and i think it shocks a lot snuck of snuck in but... from my subconscious so and here's was like, the thing hey. here's the thing and i'll explain it briefly i am a hundred percent catholic i'm not the catholic that believes in only god i recognize that there's a satan and there's a whole dark school of thought that goes with that and i explored that dark school of thought and i'm still catholic because i can't i, I can be catholic and be down with all that that's there and be down with the opposite. In fact, I feel more at home. Hmm. And not for Levan Satanists like Nick. Is that like not a real Nick. thing? Is that is it like, is Nick really like... Levan Satanist? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nick Waggy in Wisconsin is Levan Satanist. Um, he pays uh, parking every day to go to Satan Church on Sunday. That's what Nick does. Is this, is this legit? It's his thing. That's why he has to be home every Sunday after game. He has to get out there quickly. Let's go to uh, Satan to Church. Go to, well, he has to sell Wisconsin sausages made from human flesh by stolen women. He keeps in silos. Oh, um, I, that's, I don't know this person. No, but he's been on the podcast, yeah. so if you listen. That part's a lie about the women and the sausages, but he's a Levain Satanist, which is also a lie that I've created because Nick is a Levain Satanist. <laughs> <laughs> and so you would understand why I'm doing this if you understood that Nick... Okay, so he weighs in the conversation... And he describes Satanism very serious. We're on Xbox Live. Uh-huh. And he tries to sell me 
on where Satanism came from is this guy, you know, he's Levant Satanist. Yeah, Anton LaVey. Anton LaVey. Uh, right. He sells this on me. I was like, you're aware of Satanism, real Satanism existed way before that. And it was very much not what the hell he turned it into. It was uh, like uh, Judeo-Christian Satanism. Which and is, so, uh, and one of the few times no Nick Waggy, he was like, well, duh. And so I said, that's because you, my man, are a Levant Satanist. Like, I don't like. Same uh, thing he did. It's fucking baffling to me that like Text Nick's. Breaks in our thirties, like would think we didn't know like what Satanism was like, or who Anton LaVey was. So it's just like, you're shocked. I'm Catholic. I'm, I'm certain there are a lot of people are like Bob dude, his thoughts and ideas. That dude's either a fucking atheist, those dirty apes, or he's one of those crazy killing them in the forest. Satanist. He's one of the two. And I'm like, no, I no. figured you were maybe agnostic. Yeah, no, no. Like the term agnostic I've dropped. And just let it sit because they've always been in serious conversations where people had to hear one side or the other. And I'll say I'm Catholic. And they're like, well, do you believe in a higher power? Yes. Do you believe in everything? No. Well, that makes you an agnostic. It's like, it doesn't. I believe in the Catholic practices and I like the Vatican. I think they're fine. And I believe in the morals it teaches. And I believe that you can have a decent way of life and being Catholic. You know why I believe that? Because the majority also believes that there's a lot of wholesome people who are Catholic and get along just fine. I don't believe in beating your kids because they stole a cookie because theft do. is wrong. Fuck kids. That's ridiculous. So there's there's a line I have, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. There's a line. I'm I'm kidding. I don't I don't believe in But so I told you, knowing unless it's for a ritual. Knowing one of the signs from the end of the world. I don't know if you know this. This is modern. This is no, a, I, I this don't this is millennial end of the world science. Okay. So when your president says no to a bill that allows people from 9-11 to sue unknown parts in Saudi Arabia. I do mean unknown, as in sue the, the nation of uh, sue Saudi Arabia, mm -hmm. because that's where terrorists come from. I thought that uh, Congress shot that down. Congress vetoed Obama shutting it down. Oh. That's exactly what the article said. I'm not used to this feeling of liking something Congress did. <laughs> I don't, I don't, Give me a second. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. So let me explain this to you. Uh, so Obama's point, and I agree with it, is, so, so let me get this straight. You're saying that we're now making it to where the victims of 9-11, tragic. It should not have happened. I wish it didn't happen. Anything we can do to help them. But you now want to say that America has right, on their behalf, to sue another nation not sue specific people, just another nation where they may or may not have come from because we don't know to get whatever monetary compensation to somehow replace the loss that they have. But that's a valid and just point. Because let me explain the door that you open. You now say to the world, they now have carte blanche and think back through our history as America to turn around and sue us. Yeah, I read that. I was going to mention that if you didn't. Is that it's a two-way street. It's, yeah, right. It's it's crazy. And to read that Congress uh, majority, actually, it hit news because it was it was almost it is historic that they had that vote that quick mm -hmm. uh, to to veto him to say nah, man, that's it's not what's going to happen. In fact, one of the articles talk about one of the uh, congresswomen that's up there had I believe her husband die in nine eleven, and that's the reason why she said yeah we should do this. Mm -hmm. And I went well, I hate to say that you're being selfish, but you are in the political position you have. You're entitled to your pain and your grief, but you can even tell me I'm wrong. I definitely don't no, think I'm no. wrong. Uh, so I'm I'm reading this now. This is on uh, again the New York Times. We're not partial to them. It's just what came up. Uh, Congress on Wednesday voted overwhelmingly to override a veto by President Obama for the first time, passing into law a bill 
that would allow families of those killed on the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks to sue Saudi Arabia for any role in the plot. Democrats in large number joined the Republicans to deliver a remarkable rebuke to the president. The 97 to 1 vote in the Senate and 348 to 77 vote in the House displayed the enduring power of the September 11th families in Washington and the diminishing influence here of the Saudi government. Who was the one nay vote? Huh? I want to know. Who uh, yeah, the one I want to know who. Is. I want to know who the one guy was like. Nah, fuck that. That's a stupid law. Uh, yeah, he probably hit the wrong button. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like, uh, am I voting no or yes? Am That's I, a good hey, point, Ted. Am I voting no or yes to this? What's going on here? Um, the override comes at an already frightened moment in America's relation with the kingdom. The Saudi government has vigorously denied that it had any part in the September 11th attacks, and the commission investigating the plot found no evidence that the Saudi government as an institution or senior Saudi officials individually funded Al-Qaeda, the terror group that carried out the attacks. But the commission left open the possibility that some Saudi officials may have played roles. Mr. Obama angrily denounced the outcome, saying lawmakers had been swayed to cast a political vote for legislation that set a dangerous precedent with implications they did not understand and never debated. I think it was a mistake, and I understand why it happened, Mr. Obama said at a CNN town hall style meeting with military personnel in Fort Lee. It's an example of why sometimes you have to do what's hard. And frankly, I wish Congress here had done what's hard. I didn't expect it because if you were perceived as voting against the 9-11 families right before an election, not surprisingly, that's a hard vote for people to take, but it would have been the right thing to do. There were swift complications within hours of their vote. Nearly 30 senators signed a letter expressing some reservations about the potential consequences of the law including the prospect that the United States could face lawsuits in foreign courts as a result of important <laughs> military or intelligence activities. After. Right, That's after. all I want to say. Oops. Oops. Right. <laughs> you fucking... Holy shit. The, law, the White House and some lawmakers were already plotting on how they could weaken the law in the near future, although there was general per, uh, pessimism on Wednesday that Congress would agree to any changes. You gotta find consensus, said Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican of South Carolina. After the vote, they need then you need a vehicle. It's unclear whether the Saudis will make good on warnings that the kingdom could unload hundreds of billions of dollars worth of assets inside the United States. And some economists have said that such a sell-off would do far more damage to Saudi Arabia's economy than America's. Well, you're assuming Saudi Arabia is going to say yes. See, that's the thing about that. When you think about it, America said this is right and just. Right. This is going to happen. It's another nation, right. Jack. But, but here's, here's, what, here's what they can do. They can sue Saudi Arabia, and Saudi Arabia can go, fuck you, we're not paying, and then the United States can seize their American assets. And so they could do that, but then they force Saudi Arabia with those terrorist organizations they were against. They could, they could also force them to ally with our direct enemies That's, uh, who very can easily true. reveal themselves. They have the oil we've been using. That's very true. So there goes that. So, I mean, there's a lot that Congress just went, what did I do when um, I was drunk last night? I don't understand, like, why, like, you, you couldn't sue a tornado. You know what I mean? Like, you couldn't I, sue an earthquake. It's like, the terrorist who did that died. Yeah. Fact. Yeah. They're dead. Yes, they took your families with them. That's I, horrible. I feel like there's been uh, I feel like there's been some uh, like legal action that people have tried to take against the airlines for 9/11 as and well. And then that becomes for the airlines, how can we plan? Yeah, like, just, you can't. Like, you know what I mean? What what good is suing going to do? Nothing. Like you yeah. I, just, I need a bunch of money cuz somebody very close to me died. Can I tell years you ago. my my fuck out of my here. foil hat theory? 
you can. There's, there's a congresswoman the who agreed to the who agreed to it who had somebody die that could financially benefit from okay. it. <laughs> because uh, truth be told, Washington, really all you ever got to say is 9-11. And if that works, then I seriously am going to go around to black communities and say, hey, I only get 50% of this, but we really need to sue for that fucked up shit that happened on the Amistad. I, uh, we don't know who did it, and, and nobody's alive who had, who had, who had just, done it. But I can't understand. Like, this nation profited from it. It's, it's, it just seems like a fucking fruitless gesture. Like, uh, we, we're going to sue Saudi Arabia. What about Afghanistan? We never fucking invaded Saudi Arabia, did I'm we? I'm glad you put that up. I didn't hear it until you said it. Uh, I heard that no. in George Saudi Bush's George Bush Sr.'s voice. Or George Bush Jr. is the voice I heard. It. Anybody else hear that? Hmm. When they, say it again, Nate, just like you did. Uh, what I say? Afghanistan? Saudi Arabia? It's, yes, it's in yes. Saudi Arabia. You can hear him saying, "You now, Saddam can Hussein. Sue. You now can sue Saddam. them, Saddam Hussein." Saddam. <laughs> and instead of Congress pulling him aside and going, "George, we can't do that. Um, here are all the reasons." Here's that. It's the opposite. I, I, I almost like. I'm, I'm very curious. Like the comedy that would roll out if Donald Trump got elected. Like, yeah, I'm making light because really he's a piece of shit that could really do terrible things to this country. Uh, he's a genius because he didn't pay taxes. Yeah, makes me smart. Just ask Wesley Snipes. <laughs> if Wesley Snipes was just a little Did bit smarter and whiter, he would have got away with that. I'm just saying. I'm just I'm, I'm cruel about that, but it's so true. Okay, so you guys will will get this reference, so I can finally say it to somebody that'll understand it. Donald Trump is every poorly played Malkavian. <laughs> okay, am I right? <coughs> okay, he's liable to get the presidency and the, the- declare war <laughs> on a state. Yeah. <laughs> you know the best is he wants to build a wall between the united states and mexico and 40 percent of all legal immigrants come here by airplane uh <laughs> I, I heard he said he's gonna have a big gate a, we're gonna have a, a big giant gate, a tremendous be, gate a tremendous gate it's gonna be great we're gonna make it beautiful and mexico is gonna pay for it totally they pay for it because mexico always and i mean I, you know mm-hmm. my father and the blind trust thing that's great too what can somebody explain to me what that taco stand in every corner was uh there's i know there's always money in the banana stand no um (laughs) the 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 taco stand on every corner is if we just if we just let mexicans in here they're just gonna bring their native food and put up a taco stand on every corner have you been anywhere in this country there's already a taco i'm gonna counter right right exactly and some of us want it closer uh yeah i would like 10 taco stands because fucking tacos are delicious is, uh, Not to marginalize the whole side people. Are you on now? I don't. Tacos I'm on the taco. I am. I am for tacos 2016. Tacos 2016. I don't give a shit who runs. Don't the taco forget. Stand. Now is the time for you guys to buy everything you ever wanted. Because I don't know if you know this. Obama had some obligatory law that he hid <laughs> in one of the bills he passed. It says right now, it was September 19th. Everything you've bought in 2016, tax refundable. Yeah, yeah the true. government will pay you cold hard cash for everything you've ever bought. Nine eleven. Look is it up. Right. Don't take my word for it. Google it. Yeah, you'll find it, and you'll it never is, be able to leave that right. page either. It is on a clickbait page, uh, so I don't know how that works. A out good for question you. is: It is if, a smart looking guy. If it were he true, has a tuxedo, would you actually save your receipts? No, no. Here's the thing: If that were true, <laughs> what idiot does it sit there and go, "Wait a second, why? Why wouldn't everyone know this one?" Right. So number so, two. Why wouldn't anybody know that that would fucking ruin us, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Worse than it is. Well, just, I, I don't you feel really like do. you'd, you'd need to save your receipts. They should just, all the taxes you've paid, 
you should just be refunded that. Every bank yeah. has every individual transaction you've ever done. That's a receipt. To I a only use cash. Want. So sure. that's enough. True. You that's know what I'm enough. Saying? I actually, I, I only use Bitcoin. If you only use Bitcoin and you only, if you use Bitcoin, I use Bitcoin cash. I actually have Bitcoin. You don't. I, you're I actually have coins and they have bit on them. Nate's I having just, a moment. I don't know. I just use them wherever I go. You have coins that you've bitten out of, is I, what you're telling me right now. Pretty much, yeah. I just, I do really we have only, a name for this guy? I only have I coins. don't know what that is. That's, you were creeping me out. I only have coins. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I bite coins and I, I use I, them. I, I bit them coins. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Saddam Hussein. Saddam. <laughs> It's all right. I'm gonna burn a cigarette. It's a good thing. That's you. You got a lot of needs, man. That's. Can you pee and smoke at the same time? I've always say, wondered that. Do both. I think you're you're selling yourself short. You're either efficient or you're not. You're either efficient or you're. <laughs> I think you need to practice doing just that, actually. That's you haven't lived till you've pissed off a balcony. You haven't pissed off the balcony. That's that's a memorable moment. You know, maybe, maybe, except for I think someone would have said something. I'm convinced you would glow at night, Nate. I'm not a hundred percent. Like radiation. Uh, it's his shanty Irish blood. I think he would just glow. He'd mm -hmm. radiate. He would reflect the moonlight very well. He would like be a twilight vampire. Sounds like a decent music video. To, decent, to him peeing? To him peeing and sparkling. What would it be? Like, you know, princes of the universe? Here know. we are, born to be kings. The wind blowing back his clothing <laughs> as he pulls out the cigarette. Princes of the universe. It'd be awesome. And then, like, when it starts with that guitar rift, mm -hmm. and then, where, 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 he's just pissing everywhere. That's it. It's just tinkle. I think and, it leads, and it leads to Cristal overflowing in wine glasses as, like, queen, now, old, stuffed in suits they barely fit in anymore, are just drinking these glasses, toasting this new homage. To the, I think we have a hit right there. You should direct these. That was off the top of my head, Nate. We just thought of a music video of you pissing and smoking at the same time. You have you have gone off the fucking rails. Seriously, <laughs> if there was anything serious about this podcast, it has been obliterated. <laughs> we're horrible. No, we're good because it can't be all serious all the time. Because really, you know, yeah, there's some serious shit in this world, but gotta find some fucking humor somewhere. Well, there right? has to be a limit. If we just slammed everybody this entire podcast, it would just be them in the car getting beaten. I don't know if you've ever beaten kids like I have, uh, but when you do and you do it severe enough, they just lay there and take it after a while. They lose consciousness. Usually after like one good solid blow to the head. Yeah, they miss the point then, you know, because after you're mad and you take it out physically and then you try to tell them, next time don't eat all the damn oh. pizza. They well, don't ever welcome, hear that welcome to Nerd Words, where we like to marginalize child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> a very serious topic in and of itself. I don't know how we got to it. Listen, I don't have kids. I, I don't just either. Abuse, so it's not official child abuse. No, it's just like a fantasy. That you it's have. not official. I just, you know, babysit and abuse your kids. That's Yeah, I don't think... When was the last time you ever babysat um, a, I was a 16. child? Yeah, so you're good. 
Statue of Limitations is probably up. And actually, it, was, it wasn't. I wasn't 16. My little brother was in diapers. That's when the last time I babysat was. Yeah, which is weird because you probably were about 16. Yeah, it's kind of odd. That's a... So anyways, I think that's where we're going to call it for the evening. I it's, would uh, It's been two hours of... Jeremy, I owe you for peeing on my arm, by the way. When I thought you got to pee standing up when you were a kid. Also, you're a juggalo, so... Step by. You know, I don't know if you're still a juggalo. I no. Okay. All right. I don't Not know. for a long, long, long okay. time. I wasn't really sure the status of that. I didn't want to insult you on the podcast. Are you a recovery juggalo? Is that what it is? My younger brother's a recovered juggalo. Too. I don't know, man. I just, I just like grew out of it, I guess. Yeah. I, that's the key, I yeah. think. It was cool for the moment. It kind of... Never for me, but I could get it being cool for the moment. It was my gateway drug to other rap music, I guess. Yeah, that was like significantly better and yeah. more entertaining. Yeah. And less cult-like. I, I have a problem with anything that's like, join the club. Um, yeah, that's another up. thing, too, is like, uh, it's supposed to be about uniqueness, but then it's not. By the same token, you know, it becomes less unique the more people sign up, Yeah, so to speak. I get that. I think True Romance was my gateway drug into other Tarantino films, now that I think about it. How the hell did we get to start talking about Juggalos? I don't even feel I don't know. I don't know. We we somebody rewind romance. this. Um, that's my fault. I guess it's the natural segue from child beating. Oh, my brother Jeremy <laughs> is into sick hop. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's Damien's Design is the name of his group, and he actually has been doing it for many years, and he's actually very talented at rapping now. He does very, very good. I just don't, I'm not into the medium he's in, but mm -hmm. it's strongly influenced by the Dark Carnival, where it comes from, and I make fun of that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, not him. I think what he's doing is very noble. It's very artistic. He's sticking to his guns and, fought and chasing what he wants to do. And I truly feel one day he's going to be, it's impossible for you to be in it that long. You've actually. Be that skilled and be good with it. You've, you, I've never heard of Sick Hop, but I always heard it called Horror Core. But, yes. But no. yeah, that's a cool. It's uh, that's his, that's his design. Like cool he may thing. think I don't keep up on him. He's my bro. I keep up on him. It's just, I can't be, I can't be wussified about it. It's uh, I'm a bat and I can't, can't scuff my bride or his, you know, it's just, that's his thing. So it's like, cool, man, that's you. I'll let you do you, but it's sick hop is basically if you take darker themes from horror films, which is obviously what Nate just said. Yeah, that's a more defined, commonly known term. But he cuts it even further to where he makes it more about rap and less about being sick, you know, about being horror. You know what I mean? And they call it sick hop. I don't, but I get it. They I splice I, it. I groove it together. I, yeah, I it's, yeah, it's a cool thing. Yeah, it's a little subgenre thing. And if they can get a guy with a decent hook, he'd be the bomb. But goddamn it, I, I don't, I don't know anything about any of that. Uh, that's just my I opinion. Just, I was just saying that uh, my brother also was a recovering or is a recovered. I don't know. Anyways, uh, he's got this little hatchet man tattoo on his arm, and but yeah, not. I never not got a tattoo. Mm. I just figured why get a tattoo? Just be the hatchet man. No, he's know? got like that's... his. He's got his little dark lotus things on his fucking yeah. wrists, and yeah, yeah. Um, it was my gateway drug to Tech Nine, yeah. which was my gateway drug to Chris Calico. If you've heard Tech and Ninny. Yep. Mm -hmm. I yes. love those two. We're very familiar with Tech Nine. This is definitely a Tech Nine house. So mm. that is uh that is a okay with me. But anyways, yeah, we're I think we're gonna at the two hour mark here fucking wrap it up. I think one time we have to discuss Waka Flocka because <laughs> I refuse to look into him. But and he, someone is has he, to explain he go, it to me. Waka Flocka. His name's Waka Flocka. I think he does. Yes. I don't know what that is. Waka Flocka <laughs> is an entertainer. His name is Waka Flocka. I'm picturing a rapping bird with you doing those arms. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> so am I. And so is Hannibal Burris. So I, I never even so. heard about who I never heard of Waka Flocka until. Apparently Waka Flocka is real. And that's, uh, that's, that's all I know about it. I haven't looked it up further. I just, uh, it's just shocked that it exists. 
Yeah, that's a weird name. Waka Flocka Flame. Chupacabra. That's a fucking. That's actually a band too. That's, yeah. That should be that should be the rap name. We need to spell it all weird. Chupacabra. Waka Flocka. Chupacabra chains. That's not what it sounds like. You know, you just respond to something. <clears throat> There's a thing called Chupa Chup suckers. Chup. You ever had a Chupa Chup? Yeah. No. Uh, what's that wrap up? Chupa I think Chup. we're losing it. We're losing it. We got to go back to that. Uh, again, thank you, Derek, for coming. I appreciate you being on the podcast. You're welcome anytime uh, that our uh, interest can join, I suppose. Um, and uh, yeah, Thanks uh, for tune in. Me. Tune in next week where we'll be talking about. Uh, Did you want to introduce your significant other? Oh, she she plans to be on a future episode. Uh, do you? We plan do you to have her on as soon as I can get the schedule to align. It probably. Do you, uh, do you like Halloween? Like, like, seriously. Yeah, because uh, October we do all Halloween themed episodes, or not not necessarily Halloween, but like horror themed, whether it's movies or Halloween's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, Halloween is like my favorite holiday. So <laughs> you could talk about Halloween dogs. I mean, that works too. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Cujo is the shit. Cujo, yeah, Cujo is a a good topic. She's waiting for the animal cruelty episode, oh. I guess, or animal rights, uh, breed-specific legislation. Fair, fair. That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're gonna have you on. We're gonna have you on. She's she's definitely who you want to have on for that. We're gonna have an episode about possession, because I'm gonna tune the fuck out. I will need people that care <laughs> and are interested. <laughs> I uh, I adore it, and I would love to hear it. And then, like, I got to saddle Nate with a muzzle because the whole point is, is that all right? So the whole point of October is to get people on who like have a belief of not not saying like you're dyed in the wool, but like, why are you scared? Well, because it's impossible. <clears throat> Tell me about this fear. This this has interest. Yeah, no. I don't need to hear the dyed in the wall every Sunday. Look, dude, it's just a dude in a mask and some kid dancing down the hallway with scary music. Get over you know it. what? There Bro, is no Santa Claus. You're harsh in my mellow. Okay, he needs us back up. So yes, totally. Yeah. So uh, listeners, uh, tune in for October. Uh, much like last year, they're all going to be Halloween themed, scary, or about scary topics. Uh, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. And if you don't, you shut up. So we definitely have B. Wood and I believe Kristen. Yeah. So Kristen Meyer Wood or Kristen Meyer, depending on how her mood is that day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Check back with us next week. We love you all. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't Everyone, roller skate in a black, white hurt. cop. Not Derek loves you too. He's just too cool. Yeah. That's it. Goodbye. Vote Trump. <laughs> Strumpf. Bomb Wyoming. Strumpf. 27. <laughs> you just said that shit. Bomb Wyoming. Uh, that yeah. is not us. It is a fucking declaration. And Derek never gets in power. That's what <laughs> <laughs>